Zach. This is Stuart. And this is the Back Road Book Club. Yeah, this is where we talk about books that we have both read. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, this is the first one for the year. This Bro. is Stuart's choice. This is J.D. Salinger's Catcher in the Rye. Yeah, I was really interested in rereading this book. So I had previously read this book when I was in high school. Yeah. This was um, a book that was actually recommended to me by my English teacher when I was in ninth grade. Um, And I remember reading the book and really liking the book. Yeah. So I wanted to sort of uh, revisit it. And I always recommend to other people to, like, revisit your books because, you know, as your life changes, um, your different perspective changes, you gain more knowledge, you become a little bit more wiser, hopefully, and stuff like that. So it's always nice to kind of revisit uh, particular books that uh, you've enjoyed or particular books that you dis, uh, you know, disliked. And maybe your opinions have changed. Maybe you still like that book and it's a good read. But, yeah, I definitely recommend, like, rereading books that you have read. Yeah. Um, so I had just recently reread this book. Did you um, reread this book recently? Yeah, or? yeah, okay. yeah. I've, um, so when I was a high schooler, um, I really, really liked this book. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, with perspectives changing, yeah. um, I still like this book. Oh, okay. Uh, spoilers for the end. Um, I'm going to rate this an A. Um, I think most people have to read it in high school. Interesting. Oh, um, did you have to read it? Was it a requirement? Yeah, I had to read it in ninth grade. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, my literature teacher. Um, it wasn't a recom- or it wasn't a required book. It was off of his recommendation that I read the book. Oh, okay, gotcha. So, yeah, so not everyone is required because we grew up in two different states. Yeah. Um, I also went to a private school, and then you went public. Public, yes. And so there may... Maybe if you went to a public school, it might not actually be required reading just because of the controversies that are associated with this book. Yeah. Uh, which we'll get into in, in a little bit. Some of the themes and everything. Um, yeah, a lot of the themes, which is ironic. It's kind of like that movie, uh, which I still haven't seen, called Eighth Grade, where people who are in eighth grade mm-hmm. can't see it because it's R-rated, but it's also things that... It, it's very accurate to things that an eighth grader would deal with. Interesting. So th- this book has things in it that I think a lot of early teenagers like are trying to process feelings and, and emotions in a certain way. Yeah. And it's written in a very realistic manner, but because of how it's, well, I mean, yeah, Holden has some issues, but yeah. Um, but because of the controversies, people who are of that age are not, allowed in a school setting, I guess, to read it. Yeah. Like, you kind of have to go out of your way to, to, to read see it. it. Yeah. Um, uh, which is interesting because after giving a reread the second time, I wasn't as thrilled with the book as I was oh, when really? I was, yeah, um, a teenager. So um, it sounds like you're like my wife, because my wife never read it in high school. Yeah. And so the first time I recommended her reading it, okay, um, she was in her mid-twenties, I mm-hmm. think. And she read it, and she was just like, the entire time, all I can think is, Holden needs to get a fucking job and grow up. <laughs> yeah, and I can sort um, of see it from her perspective, too, because... This is very male-eccentric yeah. f- focused on. You know, this is a, a very uh, male character. And it's interesting because there's a lot of objection or um, objectifying women in this. Oh, I have um, notes in here about that. Yeah, yeah. just with, with Holton and um, his perspective on women. Um, it's really kind of... I don't know, it leaves a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. And I can sort of see from your wife's perspective how she would um, dislike that. Yeah. 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 Um, A little bit of a backstory before we move to plot. Mm -hmm. Um, So this was originally 
published partially in 1945 and 1946. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't find where. I'm assuming The New Yorker, because I know Salinger wrote for a while um, yeah. under different names and stuff, but mainly he got published in The New Yorker, mm-hmm. uh, maybe The Atlantic. Um, but it was actually uh, completed in, um, a, a, as a novel and released in 1951. Uh, so keep that in the back of your head. It's it's post-war, pre-counterculture. Uh, yeah. Kind of at the, the beginnings of that disaffected youth uh, movement at mm-hmm. the time. Uh, Time's 2005 list of 100 best English language novels written since 1923. Uh, okay. This is on that list. Yeah. Um, Modern Library and its readers named it one of the 100 best English language novels of the 20th century. Oh, okay. Of the twentieth century, um, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a subjective hey, it's narrator. It's the Roaring Twenties again. So. Yeah, it's the Roaring Twenties again. Yeah, um, it's a subjective narrator. It's not quite stream of consciousness. Uh, it's a little bit more ordered than that. Yeah, but it's, close. it's close. It's, it's definitely clo- like close. true stream of consciousness is. It's hard to read. It's it's hard to read. You have to really, really be ingrained in what that character is doing. Yeah. Um, and so, so it's this book is more narrative. It's closer to a narrative novel than it is a stream of consciousness novel. But mm-hmm. there is a stream of consciousness through it. Yeah. Um, ALA, which is the American Library Association, um, has it as the tenth most frequently banned book. Uh, it's banned because of language. Yeah, uh, makes sense. Undermining "quote unquote" family values, uh, and then sex and sexual abuse. Yeah, um, it's also involved with this goes with the controversies, um, several shootings. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Hinckley Jr. Uh, had a copy on him. Uh, he's he's the guy that shot Reagan. Yeah, um, and then John Lennon was shot and killed by Mark David Chapman. He had a copy of this on him and wrote in the book to Holden Caulfield from Colden Hallfield, this is my statement. Yeah. Was what he was... So, there's a lot of people latching on to this book and this character because Holden, I think, is bipolar. Um, he, yeah. He seems to attract people who are not in a good state of mind or a good place emotionally. No, and um, I can understand people who are, like, confused at the moment. Um, I know in ninth grade, I was quite confused as well. Yeah. And it was, I guess, kind of a relief to sort of, like, see this character who was broken. Um, even though I don't think the main character really lets on that he's broken um but it was kind of interesting to see like this person struggle when i was in that particular like struggle as well yeah and i mean this this isn't revealed until the end of the book which as always with the book club spoilers if you haven't read it yeah um but this is revealed at the end that this entire story is written from the perspective of holden recounting this to a therapist. Yes. Um, he has been institutionalized at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's really the story of someone recounting the lead up to them having a nervous breakdown. breakdown. Yeah. Uh, which again, like they didn't have the language for it at the time this came out. I don't think, Yeah. but I, I'm pretty sure that Holden has bipolar disorder. Yeah. There's a lot um, of, um, <clears throat> psychological I think um, issues that he has I think he has survivor's guilt too uh, with his younger some of that yeah with his younger brother um, cause there's a lot of times when he's kind of like talking about his his family and he talks about his uh, younger brother um, Al Allie um, how like he's the uh, he was the smart one he was this brilliant person and how Holden's like the dumb one in the family and he yeah. really does have this, like, self-deprivation or degradation of himself um, where he feels like maybe he should have been the one who passed instead of his brother since his brother had so much um, to live for and was, you know, like a prodigy. Yeah, I mean, it. so the, the book starts out with him getting kicked out of school for yes. the third time i think it's the third time yeah because he hasn't Um, been uh passing any of his classes and he's been um basically not applying himself 
Yeah. Um, and, and it just kind of follows him wandering before he has this, this breakdown. Um, yeah. Like you said, there's there's a, a revelation in there towards the beginning that, that his brother Allie died from leukemia mm-hmm. a few years before. Yeah. And it, it he writes this off kind of flippantly, yeah. but he mentions that uh, when he found out, he broke all the windows in his garage and yeah. to the point that he broke his hands he and can't really close his hands. Can't anymore. make a fist or anything like that. Yeah, um, it's mentioned just once. Yeah, um, it's mentioned once, and it's very it. flippant. He's he's yeah. just like, yeah, I don't know why I did it. I guess we all do dumb things. Yeah, um, and it's in like this heated debate between him and his roommate when yeah. he's like in this physical confrontation where he is basically going to punch his roommate and he has this statement of like, oh, I can't really close my fist that well because all of this stuff happened. Because he was writing a descriptive narrative and he ended up writing a descriptive narrative on his brother's uh, baseball glove where he wrote a bunch of poems on it. Yeah. Where, which he carries that glove around. Yeah. Um, And... It's interesting because he was angry at his roommate because his roommate took uh, this one girl on a date and it happened to be a girl that he was very close with. I think Jane was her name. Yeah. Um, And it's, again, interesting because, like, at the very beginning of the story, he's like, oh, she was just an acquaintance. But throughout the entire book, you realize that they were really close that they had no. a a very like unique relationship. <sighs> yes and no. Like he 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 goes between making it sound like they had this close relationship, and like he calls her and and all the but like like so he he recounts playing checkers with her. Yeah. Um and. You know, and she kept and all her, of her, her kings at the back row. Yeah. And he was like, oh, you should ask her, does she still keep all of her kings in the back row and everything like that? Well, yeah, but so so in the checker scene, though, um, oh, he, he specifically notes her interaction with her stepfather. Yeah. Holden who, calls him an old booze hound. Yeah. Um, and her ignoring him and then crying and brushing off the, her interaction with him because he, like, tries to get her attention several times. Her stepfather tries to get her attention yeah. several times. And she just ignores him. Um, I'm thinking that's either... Like, he never mentioned seeing bruises on her, so I'm no. assuming that that means that she's being sexually abused. I mean, he even um, states that he asks her, but she doesn't say anything. Yeah, and which, that's, like, the closest that he gets with her because he's like, oh, you know, I never, like you know, got the first base or anything, but we started necking when, um, after that incident. Yeah. Like, he started kissing her all over the place, um, except for the mouth, which yeah. is kind of interesting. Like, you, but I, he does have this connection with her, this, like, you know, emotional connection with her. And at the very beginning of the book, he kind of writes it off like, oh, she's nothing. She's, you know, nothing but like another one of these girls that know nothing, like a moron or something like that. But she's yeah. more than that to him. She's, you know, a very, I think, unique person that was a pivotal moment in his life. Yeah. Well, one one of the interesting things that I like about how Holden is written mm-hmm. is that he is... To, to use a D&D alignment term, he, he's neutral. He's, he's caught between two things almost all the time. Like, he's not... Really? He's not a kid, and he's not an adult. Right? He, he, uh, he's a virgin. Um, yeah. He doesn't really have a sex drive. He does book. have a sex drive. Not really. Yeah, he... He, he talks about it like a... <laughs> oh, sorry. That's all right. He he talks about it like a fifteen-year-old would, but he like he never acts on it when he has the chance. Like he he never it never goes beyond more than just like fantasy or talk. I I think he does like he because he also seems to dislike every single woman he interacts with. Yeah, I think he dislikes any 
person that he really kind of yeah like he with. doesn't understand social interactions yeah because he's again he's not an adult yet but he's not quite a kid so mm-hmm. he's caught in this this like in between place I uh, I would disagree with you on this and that's the great thing is we can disagree for yeah. stuff um, I find him more chaotic neutral where I don't think that he's very low by him and I do think like his sexual drive does uh, push him into a lot of um, situations where I don't think he would find himself normally in that. Um, mainly, like, when he goes dancing with the three uh, women at the yeah. uh, Lavender Club. Yeah, the divorcees. Yeah, the ones from... Or the cougars. The, yeah, that, the ones with the funky hats and everything yeah. like that. Um just, like, all of the, like, descriptions of, um, you know, shaking their, like, little butts and everything like that. And um, it's just... So, he, I would say he notices that. But, again, because he's he's in this in-between state, like, it's very unclear. Oh, he tries to get them to, like... Yeah, no, no. He, he, he goes tries to... Goes to his, you know, room and everything. Sure. Like, like, yeah, he tries to, but... He doesn't have the social interaction with them, or the social currency with them to actually... Yeah, I, I agree with that. I don't move. think he has that social, but, yeah. but I do think that, like, um, sex is kind of a motivating factor for him. I think sex, you know, like, the concept of trying to have sex is a, a motivator for him. Yeah. Yeah, like, but he never acts on it. He doesn't. I, I'm not saying that's, that. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying he has that a sex drive. He seems to have a sex no, drive. Well, like he he, and I feel like that sex drive gets him kind of into trouble. But like, yeah, but again, he, he never acts on it. No, like he like to the point that he, uh, I don't know the right word. Rents, I guess, a prostitute. Mm-hmm. But then just ends up wanting to talk with her. Yeah, and I, I know he's that in that's that like in between land of like not quite knowing how to initiate. Like even though it's it's a hundred percent a business interaction at that point. Yeah, uh, like he's still because it's still related to sex. Like he's not quite sure like what to do. Yeah, and, and I think to, that's more yeah. of like social stuff. But like he is a horn dog. Like, yeah. <laughs> he is, you know, this is, he looks at a lot of women and he objectifies a lot oh, of women. Oh, yeah. Like, all the way, you know, every person that he talks with, like, when he's on the train and there's that mother of one of the students, the first descriptors is like, oh, she's, you know, she's not that, like, she's got a horse face and everything like yeah. that. But, you know, every person that he interacts with, that's a woman that's one of his descriptors is like what's her worth in beauty like is she attractive sure if she's attractive then like I want to sort of like talk with and approach her like you know there was the again three women who was like oh you know I wouldn't have paid them any attention because they all looked horrible but like it surprised me because one of them was a really good dancer and like you know She's ugly, but, like, I'm glad I gave her the time of day because, boy, can she jitterbug. Yeah. Which, you know, it's like, I, I don't know. It it seems like being kind of horny is, like, his big main factor. And, yeah. like, he is a teenager that's, like, I can't tell you, like, as a a teenager, like, sex and being horny kind of like muddles your yeah, brain I mean, and everything along yeah. those lines and you make poor decisions and stuff like that yeah. and then when you're you know given that kind of opportunity with the hooker and everything like that you might not know what to do like you never saw yourself in this situation sure so that's why he started like talking with her and stuff like that yeah. and it's it's interesting because he like she sits on his lap and everything yeah. and she like starts really like babying him like a child like really sort of like responding to him as a kid yeah well and the funny thing about that is that like when I read this as a teenager I was just like 
Oh, so like that. As an adult now, um, I can tell you when whenever I'm like coming over here when school is in session mm-hmm. and I see like the Georgia Tech students walking around who yeah. were all like eighteen and legally adults, they look like children to me. Yeah. Yeah. She knows a hundred percent he is not an No, adult. And, and, and that's another thing. <laughs> Which and the, is why she's babying him. In the like, book he tries to convince the reader, like, oh, you know, I'm like I'm tall, I'm like six two, I've got gray in my hair, and like I can really pass as an adult. But like a lot of bars that he goes to, people are like You need to get out. You yeah. oh I'm not serving you alcohol. Which like by the way, at this point, that means that he looks under eighteen because the drinking laws were 18. 18, yeah. So that means the bartenders can fully recognize he is, he is not 18. Yeah, and he's trying to convince the reader, like, he is an adult. He is like, you know, I look this age, I act, you know, mature, you know, I can know, I can tell a phony movie when I can see one. Yeah. I know when, like, people are being all phony and, you yeah. know, unsincere and stuff like that. And it's like, no, you you are a kid. Like I know you're trying to convince me as the reader yeah. um, that you know you're this adult, which I find very interesting. It's like the book's trying to like convince you, like this kid's, like the book as the narrator as Holton is trying to convince you that he is an adult. But every turn that he gets, he people are like, you are a kid. Like yeah. I can recognize you are a kid. You act like a kid. Like. A lot of the um, taxi drivers that he gets into when he starts talking about the ducks and everything like that, they're like, you're a fucking kid for, like, you know, talking about this. And then there's that one guy who's like, what about the fishes? You got to think about the fishes. And then he's like, Mother Nature, you know, takes care of everything. Which is kind of an interesting concept of, like, you know, I feel it's like in that one scene he's like, karma will take care of things like you know it's like natural things will happen if that will progress in nature yeah in in the world and everything along those lines um getting back to sort of like the writing and the story of it it does it kind of grated on my nerves a little bit with like, like his repetition of words, that like phony, and, yeah, his phony old and like dumb bastard, yeah, and like moron, like all these morons and stuff like yeah. that, and it's just like the more they uses it, it's like, oh man, you are a phony, you are the person that you're like, yes. that you hate, like, but it, also it that shows so how apparent. much, a, well, and that also shows how much of a kid he is because have you ever been around a kid that has figured out they can get around, get a, get away with swearing? Let's say the same swear yeah. words over and over and over. Or or this, like, like, whole movement of, like, okay, boomer. Like... Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, of, like, people, like, just keep on saying, okay, boomer. Okay, boomer. It's like... <laughs> it's like, no, because you start becoming the, like, person that you're mocking. Yeah. It's like, you're the one who's trying to get, like, this rise out of it. And it just, like, shows, like, how immature you are. You're, like trying to with that whole okay boomer you're like oh these people are so out of touch because they're so old it's like maybe you're kind of so out of touch because you're so young and you don't know like a hundred percent i know this makes me sound like an old fogey Uh, yeah well i mean yeah like it's there's a difference between reading this when you're 13 and reading it when you're in your 30s yeah like it holden again to get to go back to to my supposition that Salinger is trying to show him in an in-between state. Mm-hmm. Um, he he has this like, like you said, a kind of a bravado where he's trying to convince you he's worldly. Yeah, but he's still very he's naive. Not. So yeah. like when he's staying in the hotel, for example, when mm-hmm. when he he rents the the prostitute. Yeah. Um, one, I mean, one, I I wouldn't ever just randomly hire a prostitute. But two, I certainly yeah. would not interact with someone the way he does. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's very childish. He, it, it is because like he, he gets a prostitute and I can't remember if he was actually told it was what he says is quote unquote $5 a throw. Yeah. Um, or if it was 10, I don't, I don't remember at that point in the story and well, I didn't go back to, to look, 
But and he, there, she says, okay, well, if we're not going to have sex, you need to just give me my $10 and I'll leave. And yeah. he goes, I was told it was 5 Kicks her out. The elevator who hooked him up, yeah. Maurice the pimp, um, roughs him up and takes $10. So he gets scammed and also thumped on the dick for his troubles. So if he was lying to her, mm-hmm. like, that shows that he's not, like, he really expected there to be no repercussions or he wasn't lying, and he honestly just got scammed. Well, here's like, the thing: is like if because he had more money. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. He they could have like they, they could have taken, taken all of, all his, of money. his money. Yeah. But they took the ten dollars. Yeah, because he's a rich kid. He's gotten kicked out of his third private school. Yeah. Like he's he's and, a rich kid. And that's the thing is like, I think in the book, um, Hollinger um, does say like, oh, it's five dollars. But, like, that could be a lie yeah, from it could be the a, perspective yeah. of him. Um, it could have been $10. And, like, if these guys were trying to run a scam on him, you would think that they would have taken all of his money? Yeah. Instead of, like, $10 or even not all of his money, but maybe, like, $20 or something like yeah. that. Like, they only took the 10 that they were owed. Yeah. So, that's... I. I that was a really interesting scene. It was an interesting scene, sort of, when he well, first, like, checks. But, but also, too, I'd like to point out that if he goes, like, they don't want to scam him too much because from the from the perspective of an adult, if you're, if you're scamming this kid, you take what you're owed and you leave because, oh, he could just do something that doesn't occur to him because he's a kid and go to the cops and say, hey, I was robbed. Yeah, and then they start, like, you know... Well, then they their only defense is to say, oh, we're illegally running a prostitution ring and implicate themselves. I, like, I they don't have no defense. Know. If he were to go to the cops and say, they robbed me, they would have no real defense. There's no real proof because it's all cash, but... Yeah, and then you have to prove that they actually robbed you. Yeah. Yeah, like if he goes to the cops and say, they robbed me, and they said, no, we didn't. What kind of proof does he have? I mean, he's got a thump on his dick from where the guy... <laughs> yeah, and like, they could have been like, anybody could have given you that, or yeah. like, come on. Yeah. So I don't think like, going to the cops would have been... Yeah, I, I'm just saying that I, I think he walks this line of... of being worldly, but he's also very naive. No, because I, of I believe that, and I also believe that I don't think that um, the elevator person and the uh, lady were trying to scam him. Sure. I think that, you know, they just took what they were owed. Um, but I do believe that he's kind of, like, straddled between these two worlds, but I wouldn't give him, like, a neutral sort of alignment. I definitely think that he's a bit chaotic. Um, he definitely has this, like, um, disregard for the law, like, yeah. disregard for, um, even, like, natural law and everything. Along well, yeah, because, like, his, um, his whole, well, okay, yeah, so the, the title of the book, that, that's a good segue, mm-hmm. actually, because the title of the book comes from his, it's kind of his obsession with innocence because of his brother's death. Yes. Right? Yeah. Again, um, I he, think that he has survivor's guilt. Yeah, and and so his his like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Thing his his dream is to be the quote unquote catcher in the rye. Yeah, uh, where he basically maintains innocence by keeping kids from maturing. maturing. Yeah, like so that people are constantly stuck in in like the idyllic world of a kid. Yeah, right. This and like, that, I mean that's where the the title of the book, book comes. Yeah. From. Um. Yeah, no, he, like, he, you're, you're right. He, like, does not trust the law, does not uh, want to follow the rules of the law, whether yeah. it's a natural law, like getting older. Getting older and, like, <laughs> becoming, yeah. Um, and I agree with you 100%. And I think that, you know, throughout this whole experience, um, you kind of can see, like, his confusion. And he, he thinks that, like, he has everything pegged like you know he yeah but he has, does not and he doesn't <laughs> i mean it's it's apparent and it's i guess this is the annoying part because he's trying to convince you as the reader that like 
he has everything under control, that he has everything, yeah. like, figured out. And he goes on these, like, um, bits of rambles of, like, how he has everything figured out and how, like, everything in the world is phony or, like, stacked against um, people who are like him or, you know, how everybody's a moron and people can't see, like, the true nature of the world. Yeah. But, like, he... His perspective is not the true nature of the world. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's really hard to, like, have a grasp of the world just in general. Sure. And um, in this vein, I think the book is good in this perspective where it gets you thinking. It gets you, yeah. like, discussing and everything along those lines. Yeah. Um, I highly praise this book in, um, in that sort of capacity. But there are definitely flaws in the book being kind of a bit out of date. Like, this book, um, it takes place in 1920... It, no, it, it takes place in the um, late 40s, early 50s. Late, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, it's definitely a very male perspective. Yeah. Like, reading it as um, a woman or um, some... Somebody who's not, like, super... Who's not 13. Yeah. Um, I can see this just being an annoyance, just being sort of, like... Oh, yeah, my wife was completely annoyed with... with yeah, and, and there was parts where I was just completely, like, annoyed yeah. and everything. And then there's, like, a lot of just cringy parts of, like, you know, uh, again, objectifying women and um, just... Uh, and there was that part when he first goes up into um, the hotel room. So he goes up into the hotel room when he first checks in. Yeah. And um, he's not sure what to do because it's late at night, but he's not tired. So he looks into people's windows. He's sort of like looking into people's windows and he sees two uh, particular people. One, he sees like this couple spitting water at each other like, in this very sexual, playful way. Yeah. And at first he starts, like, oh, that's disgusting, you know, like, why would you spit water at a girl's pretty face, you know, just to make it even uglier. But then he's like, well, you know, actually, I wouldn't mind, like, spitting water at a pretty woman. And, like, you know, he, like, starts, like, justifying it again into this, like, sexual nature, like, you know where he's like, oh, this is disgusting, and then he's like, well, you know. And then he looks at another window uh, where this person's trying on, like, women's clothing and everything like that, and he has this, like, horrible taste for it. It's like, oh, this is, like, a sexual sort of deviant thing, and you don't know if this guy is doing it sexually or if it's, like, you know, laid into the 40s where... Maybe this guy just, you know, has this private life of wearing women's clothing and doesn't want to, like, be judged or something along those lines. But he kind of, like, makes it out yeah. in this very, like, sexual sort of way. Well, I mean, I think part of that's the time period. Just because, like, at the time, um, I feel like cross-dressing would have been something that was um associated in the public consciousness as being inherently sexually, sexually deviant. Yeah. 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 Like it's but it's, it's just the the time, time period. period. I know. I don't know. It just it, it seems again like a sexual orientation is his kind of main focus on yeah. most of his like throughout this entire story and everything like that. And uh, like him kind of, like, knowing better, but then he, like, sort of, I don't know, tries to bend his own, like, like, not reality, but his own rules to be like, oh, actually, you know, it'd be okay if I did it and stuff like that, like, you know, and it's just, it's, it, it's so, I don't know, um, like, self-justification, and, um, so what I'm hearing is he's a pretty Republican. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and it's funny because, like, he thinks that he knows, like, better. Like, even at the beginning when he knows that he's going to fail this history test on this um, 
professor that he really likes, he, like, writes, like, a little thing of, like, oh, it's okay if you fail me, you know, I'm failing all my other classes, so don't worry and stuff like that. And he's like, oh, this will, like, make him feel better that he's going to fail me and stuff. But it's, like, it's more of, again, a justification of, like, I don't know if he's trying to make himself feel better or something along those lines, but it's just a, a very interesting perspective into that mindset. Yeah. And, um, yeah, again, it's it's not one of my favorite reads. I'll, I'll kind of hint at that. But I do think that it's culturally relevant. I do yeah. think it's it's something that you can read and really discuss. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, like I said earlier, it's, it's something that the reading of it changes based on when you read it. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, when I read it in high school, like, I really could relate to the main character, Holton. Yeah. And, like, I could understand where he's coming from. I didn't find him annoying. I felt him more as, like, a, a voice that I could listen to. Yeah. Now when I read it with my, you know, different perspective, different um, mindset since I'm older, I've lived, you know, a lot of different weird situations. And um, as I read it now, I kind of find it more grating on my nerves. There were sure. times when I had to, like, kind of set Is- the book down and just be like, is it because it reminds you of things that you may have thought when you were a kid that you you're either cringe at because out of embarrassment or some sort of like maybe shame? yeah maybe maybe that could be that or just like just the way that he spoke and the way like his ideas were it's just like ugh did I have those ideas when I was you know younger was I you know kind of like this person who thought I knew better and, you know, when I was spouting out all of these, you know, theories or, like, these um, ideas that I had, were they all just kind of, like, dumb high schooler ideas? Well, I mean, it's why adults brush you off when you're a teenager. Yeah. You know? I mean, and, like, just... having, Having been a teenage boy before and knowing a little bit about biology now, like... At the onset of puberty, when your body is flooded with testosterone, yeah, um, you either want to fuck everything, or fight everything, or maybe both. I, I don't know. Like, like you're like th- there's a lot of hormonal changes that are going on that that can kind of explain why Holden acts the way he does too. I, yeah, but um, I don't feel like it's an like I mean an excuse. being an angry. Yeah, no, no, it's not an excuse. Yeah. I'm just saying why I can see why this book is still taught to kids because I mean I can see why I, I, I like I was a, a an angry young man I I had no reason to be an angry young man other yeah. than testosterone now yeah you know yeah I, um, I I guess I wasn't as angry but I guess um, I was I can sort of see that like sexual charge yeah. like. There are a lot of stupid situations I got myself into because I was thinking with my other head. (laughs) And, um, you know, I just, I shouldn't have got myself into those situations. Um, So I can kind of see, like, I can understand that. But I also see it's a good sort of just a discussion piece because there are a lot of, like, um, I guess themes within this book that can sort of be discussed oh, yeah. and sort of, you know, you can sort of see these different um, perspectives from who's reading the book. Sure. Where when I was reading as a younger, when I was younger, I sort of took Holton's, um, I guess, his view as the absolute truth. Yeah. Now that I'm rereading the book as an older I guess adult. Yeah. I can sort of see no, 
This oh, isn't, he's an unreliable narrator. He's a very unreliable narrator. Because he's writing a report to his therapist about his lead-up to a nervous breakdown. Yeah. He is not trustworthy at yeah, all. Yeah, 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 <laughs> and, you know, and his justifications may be, like, personal justifications that he thought had happened, but it's his own, like, you know, mind kind of trying to protect him. Yeah. Being like, oh, no, they, they said $5 when, like, they could have wholly said ten dollars yeah he could have just n- not been thinking and misunderstood what they were saying to yeah him. so it's it's interesting that like or maybe it was a t- like it could have been a tiered system and he heard five dollars for one item on the quote-unquote so, menu yeah and, <laughs> i don't know yeah, yeah. like it, it he's very un- unpredictable and unreliable yeah yeah and it's just it's really interesting with him trying to like put off this like um i guess this veil of bravado of like oh i'm so again worldly manly and such an adult and he like really tries to sell that idea to the reader and then the situations that he gets caught in you can see that he is really a kid yeah and yeah do you think that he is like trying to become an adult or do you think that he would want to stay a kid for the rest of his his life I mean he says that he wants to be a kid Mm -hmm. but he also says that he wants to keep other kids from maturing which implies that he knows when someone is being too mature which implies that he is mature Mm -hmm. so I think he realizes he's caught in between yeah. But I I I don't know. I, I think ultimately his goal would be to be an adult but keep other people from becoming adults because they don't know what's good for them. Yeah. Which and itself he knows. is an adult yeah. idea of you don't know what's good for you yeah. because Even though I have the wisdom and the yeah. Even though he doesn't have the wisdom or yeah. anything along those lines. Yeah, it's it's a good I guess kind of takeaway of like if somebody tells you, you know, they know better for you, like, definitely seek other opinions and stuff like yeah. that. Maybe um, listen to them if they have some good points, but, or have had similar situations, yeah. but, like, you're you, you do you. Yeah, and it's, you, don't try to grow up too fast. Like, you know, yeah. don't try to become an adult, and it's okay if, like, because you you'll, don't, you'll make bigger mistakes that because you don't have the experience yeah. or and, and anything that's, to, to kind of put into your yeah. And that's a another thing is like make mistakes. Like try not to make giant mistakes and stuff like that. But yeah. like as a kid, you know, you're growing and you're becoming somebody who you would like to hang out with. Like, you know, I wanna be a person that people want to, you know, be friends with. Like, yeah, that's my, and I don't know, maybe this is just my own perspective of, you know, I like being a nice guy. I like, you know, yeah. hanging, hanging out with people who are nice. It's really hard for me to hang out with people who are very negative or sure. who like dog people. I know. What's wrong I used, with dog? No, oh, dogging. Oh, like, like, yeah, like, yeah, 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 I see what you're saying. Sorry. I was like, wait a minute, What's you're wrong describing with me. No, no, no. I'm a dog person. No, no, like, <laughs> like people who, like, put people down and, oh, oh, oh I'm just yeah, joking yeah, yeah. and I'm having fun and stuff. But, you know, like, calling yeah. people, like, stupid or, you know, saying, oh, a bunch of toxic, other, like, toxic, toxic people. people. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, there's, there's lots of them out there. Yeah. yeah. I've, I try to, like cut those kind of people out of my life because yeah. like I don't need that in my life. I've I've gone to a point in my world where I want to be surrounded by people who are are a pleasure to be around, who, you know, enjoy and and you know, people have bad days. Yeah. I understand that, but you know, there are a lot of like I don't know if this is mainly in just, like, kind of guy culture or something, but, like, you know, you, like, put down one of your friends just to, like, kind
kind of get a joke from all your other people that you're surrounding. And yeah, don't roast your friends. Yeah, busting other people's balls is not funny. Yeah, um, it, it really kind of hurts that person that you're, you know. Yeah. And even if you kind of joke it all or laugh it off as a joke or something like that, it's going to like stick with that person yeah. and everything like that. And although, all it's going to do is make you look like an asshole. Yeah. Although to. Um, potentially dog this episode of the podcast, I feel like our conclusion to this is that toxic masculinity is bad. Yeah, it is. I mean, it <laughs> is. This novel it's, is toxic, toxic masculinity is, is the novel. It, yeah. God. I guess you've got your... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, that doesn't mean that this isn't a good book. Like, yeah, no, it's it's still a very... I think I, it's I think well it's, written. I think it's well written. Yeah. Um, I do think that it walks the line between um, a flow of consciousness versus narrative. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of, like, interesting perspectives that Holton gives, especially, like, when he's around people that he knows. Like, that one roommate who keeps on, like, coming over. Um, yeah. And, he, again, he, like, you know says, like, oh, he's an idiot, he's got a bunch of pimples, he's ugly, um, he smells horrible. But the thing is, like... Welcome to being a teenager. Yeah, and um. he's like, I hate hanging around with him, but, you know, I've got nothing better to do, so I'll ask him if he wants to go to the movies. It's like, he shits on him the entire time, yep. but he seems to be his friend. Yeah. Yeah. And it's well, like... Well, I mean, his roommate, if memory serves, like is one of the few people that, like, you okay, man? Yeah. Who who asks him, like, like hey. checks in with him for I mean, his, his roommate's a, a total ass as well. Yeah, he is. Um, but, yeah, he, ch- well, I think he mainly checks on, on, in on him because he wants him to write his paper. Yeah. He has, like, an ulterior motive. Yeah, there's motive. ulterior motives. But, like, he's one of the few people that's just, like, doing okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, it's, again, a really interesting book and yeah. I'm glad that you know I got the opportunity to reread it yeah um because again before I re reread it um I I really enjoyed the book and I still enjoyed the book but I don't think of I don't think it as highly as I did when I was in high school yeah um yeah so that's kind of my big like narrative takeaway of so this. what is your your would your letter grade be i would probably professor stewart give it a b a b a b okay mainly on the subject that or on the merits that it is a good book to read and to discuss i do think that it's a um it's so a, not a for funsies book yeah i i definitely think like if you're going to re- read this book, maybe ask a couple of other people to read it with you and yeah. sort of have a discussion with those people. Yeah. Like, um, I'm glad that we were kind of able to talk about it because I didn't think of certain themes and stuff when oh, you yeah, know, we're, here. Yeah. we're talking to, with each other. So maybe, like, I don't know, if you have a book group or a book club maybe suggested as one of the books to discuss. Yeah. Maybe, you know, even, I don't know how helpful this is, but, like, maybe read the book and, like, find a forum or something that you could discuss with, like, people who aren't who are internet not. trolls. Yeah. Which may be hard to find. You know, I could see, I could see this book being very popular among incels and red pillars. Yeah, yeah. Holden's kind of an incel. Yeah, I could see somebody using him as, like, an avatar. Yeah. Or, like, you know, a, a concept art of him as, yeah. like, you know, this is my avatar, this is who I affiliate myself with, and stuff like that. Yeah, because, I mean, just replace the word phony with Chad or Stacy, and, yeah. like, you've got an incel. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking back on this book. And the thing is, like, do you think that he's somebody that you could insert yourself in as... I think as not a... Not as an adult. Not as an adult, but as a teenager, I could sort of, like, put myself as the main character, sort of, like... Yeah. yeah kind of use him as an insert for myself when yeah. I was younger. But, yeah, now as an adult, 
I you, you it's very dissonant. It's very you know um, uh, somebody that I couldn't see myself as. Yeah, yeah. Which I think again speaks to the strength of Salinger as an author because. Yeah. Again, like if you if you read this as a thirteen year old, you can completely see like yourself in the character. If you go back as a thirty three year old yeah. and you read it, it's like, Wow, man, you were Yeah. You were missing the point here. You were just not a great dude. Yeah. I uh like you the your reading on it changes. It and does. That's fine and that's kind of the point. Yeah, because you know, you you adapt, you grow, you change um nothing's ever stagnant things things are good when change happens i know people are scared of change i know that change can be scary but like everybody's always adapting things are always ever in that ebb and flow so if you have read this book when you were in high school be it for school or Personally, yeah, I would, I would highly recommend coming back to that book and rereading it. Um, a question: uh, Did you read any of his other works of literature in this uh, um, family? I know he wrote a couple of other uh, books. Uh, I read about like his younger sister uh, Phoebe or Pho- Phoebe. Um, yeah, I I read. Uh, I'm trying to think of the names of them. When I was in high school, mm-hmm. I read Franny and Zoe. Okay. I can't remember if it was for school or not. Yeah. And I want to say we read... We also read Ray's, Ray's High, the Roof Being Carpenters. Yep, I read that one too. Um, But those are the only two. Yeah, they are not as good They're not as, as strong. Yeah, uh, I definitely think that they're a lot weaker. Um, They're not memorable. I, I couldn't tell you what it's about. Yeah. Yeah, which is... I mean, is, is it cheating to say that Franny and Zoe is about Franny and Zoe? I know. I, 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 <laughs> I, I, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I definitely think that this one carries the most weight. And I think it's because of these themes that we previously discussed. Yeah. I think it's a book that you can sit down and kind of chomp at, put your teeth in. Yeah. Um, for positive and for negative, like... You know, a book can be good even when it highlights some of the negative aspects of a particular childhood or a particular, like, moment you were in in school. Yeah, and I mean, for being such a weighty book, it's... It goes fast. Yeah, it goes... It's it's what, like 180 pages? Yeah, and the, the font's pretty thick. Yeah, it's it's a like it's it's amazing to me that there's so much depth in such a short book. Because, yeah, like my my favorite like classic books to read are largely either dense fantasy volumes or dense Russian lit. Yeah, um, like and those are very long because there's a lot of nuance and complication but I would argue that there's just as much in yeah. here and it's much shorter I, I would agree with you on yeah. that um, just to pick your brain do you think the people who acted in violence who had this book sort of as a memento do you think those people never grew up do you think that they I think that, that it's out of a a um out of a need, kind of like Holden, to stop change from happening. Yeah. Because John Hinckley claimed he did it because Jodie Foster told him to. Jodie Foster at the time was 18. Yeah. And I think Hinckley was in his 20s or 30s. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Mark David Chapman um, shot Lennon because he was a huge Beatles fan and didn't like the shit that he was putting out solo. Like, yeah. I, and a lot of his solo of the, stuff was, you know, against the war and, like, you know, being, yeah, like, connected and change of, like, loving your human, yeah. no matter what color, what race, what sexual orientation that person was. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 um, I agree with you on that. And 
Um, oh, last last thing. Yeah. For me, at least. I know we normally do media adaptations. Yeah. I don't think this is filmable. No, I, I don't think it's filmable either. I think it would translate poorly to film. Yeah. Uh, what were your reasons why you think it would be? Um, it's... So the framing device for this is very difficult. Like, you could do it voiceover. Like, I could see someone attempting to film this. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> or, or maybe even... An- like, you might be able to get away with it if it's, if it's animated, because there's so much in it that is... Yeah. Internal because Holden is is pretty much the only character. Yeah. And so if you write a script and it's just his interactions with people, you're either going to end up with something that's a hundred percent voice or ninety percent voiceover. Yeah. Or you're going to end up with a play by play, and it's it's going to be you know thirty minutes. Yeah, and it would be very dependent on who you got as Holden. Yeah. Like you would have to have a very strong actor. But yeah, I I don't think. You could come away with that um, that distrust of the narrator. Um, yeah. As you're reading the book, you know, you, there's a lot of just, like, little nuances that make you distrust him as the narrator. Yeah, you certainly couldn't and, have an unreliable, uh, unreliable narrator if it's a film, because, like, you can see it. Yeah. You can see it happening. I mean, you could do a Rashomon thing where you see Holden's version and then you see the same scene and it's from a different perspective, but then that's not this book. Book, yeah, yeah. Um, And I just, I I feel like with the ever-changing environment and um, just with it being set so... so old and everything... I just don't think a lot of people would come away with a good feeling. Yeah. Again, because there's a lot of just, like, icky parts in it. At least icky parts for sure. me. Sure, And I think that would translate poorly to film. It would just kind of make people feel uncomfortable. And, you know, maybe maybe the film would try... Maybe that would be the ultimate goal of the film. Because, you know, media does make you feel uncomfortable sometimes. Um, and people do like that, but personally, for me, I think that would be it would be hard. It would be very difficult. I don't think it would be undoable. I just think it would be very difficult, and the execution would have to go really well. And you would have to have a a particular um, director, yeah, with a vision, who would know how to direct Fulton, and then you would have to have a really good actor since the majority of the movie would be on Holton's shoulders, that yeah. actor's shoulders, to deliver. Yeah. And, I mean, you couldn't get too old of an actor because this kid's got to look like he's young. Yeah. So so it would be... You'd have to get an unknown. Yeah, I think it would be very, very difficult, but not undoable. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just think capturing it and having it be as good as this book, is it, it would mean it's unfilmable. Yeah, though I know that, like, the book does call call out a lot of, like, Hollywood phonies and, like, yeah. you know, it does kind of, like, shit on Hollywood. So I don't know. Yeah, if, it's funny to read that because he's shitting on Hollywood in the 40s and 50s. Yeah. Like... Shit hasn't changed that much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, all in all, like I said, um, if you've read this book, if you read this book in, like, high school or um, during your angsty teen ages, um, I would recommend, like, revisiting this book. Mm-hmm. Um, if this is the first time that you're picking up the book, I would recommend maybe reading it with a good friend or yeah. somebody that you know, you would like to discuss it with. Yeah. Because I definitely think that this book is uh, very discussable. That's uh, one of the reasons why I wanted to pick this one. Yeah. Um, as a book, just to sort of, like, have as, like, beach summer reading. No, no. I don't <laughs> think this is, like, a light reading of, like, happy go you know, lucky sort of feel. Yeah. Um, usually, most of those books 
for me are like sci-fi and like fantasy and adventure. Yeah. I don't think that this is a um, a light reading particular piece. Yeah, I I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, so with that. I guess we'll announce the next book club, which was my, my pick. And yeah. since you talked about sci-fi, uh, I went with a- Isaac Asimov's iRobot. Yeah. I have never read this book, so I'm really looking forward to giving it a good read. Oh, yeah. And check out the movie, too, because I, oh, I've seen I don't want to cast yeah. it, but... Um, Will Smith for everybody. I do kind of want to talk... Yeah, <laughs> just cast everyone as Will Smith. Will I kind of want to talk about how different it is so yeah um yeah we'll be back in a few weeks and we'll we'll talk about um irobot yeah as always um if you would like to contact us you can contact us at backrowsupershow at gmail.com we also have a facebook page mm-hmm. backrowsupershow all yeah. four uh yeah, words so we'll uh, we'll be doing a nerd fight and then um Check our, our Facebook on the top. We've pinned all the conventions for the year we're going to. Yep. Um, and so you can see where you can catch us. Yeah. And with that, as always, be kind, rewind. Uh, stay golden. And see you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.